Over the weekend, the Jets finally lost the game, proving that once in a while, they actually are pretty mortal. After a bit of a tough start from Laurent Brassois, the Jets still rallied and gave it a really close run, making a 3-2 loss feel a lot less bad. We'll dive into all of that on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Now, like I said, the Jets finally lost a game after winning five straight. The sixth win just unfortunately was a little bit out of reach. The Jets were in Nashville, and uh, obviously, <clears throat> you know, the Preds this year have been a little bit uneven, right? You look at their record, they're like 10 and 10 now after this game, and I think the first thought is, well, why did the Jets lose, right? Was it because the team wasn't good enough? Was something else wrong? What happened? Uh, honestly, a lot of the early issues kind of stemmed from the fact that Brassois just, um, he really had a tough start. And while he did settle in after the third goal against, you notice I said after the third goal against, he surrendered three relatively early in the game. And after that, it just felt like the Jets were swimming in mud, which is kind of odd because when they came out in the first period, Winnipeg was really fast. Uh, Winnipeg honestly could have had like four goals were it not for use of Saros. And that's kind of where there was the defining line in this game, right? Saros, you know, was real good. Bersois was real bad. And unfortunately, you know, once in a while, your goalie, you really just need to make a save. And Bersois kind of had a couple of moments where I think if you look back at the tape, he probably wouldn't have been through. And, uh, you know, as a backup, it's tough, right? You're not playing a lot. You're not getting a feel for the puck as much. And so getting put into a game against a team that's lately been kind of hot, uh, it's it's not an easy task. And so I don't envy it. But, you know, Brassois being paid decent cash. You would hope that for the backup, he'd be able to make a couple of these saves at least. Otherwise, you know, this game might have gone real differently. But after Brassois gave up the first couple of goals, it just seemingly sucked the life out of the Jets for at least a period and a half or so. Um, the middle, like, 25 or so minutes was definitely in favor of Nashville. And then by the third period, the Jets started to come back. Uh, the first goal for Winnipeg came off of a nice little Morrissey rebound. He collected his own, tucked it past Saros's pad, and suddenly the Jets had life. And then not too much longer later, the Jets get a power play, and they only needed six seconds to make it happen. Perfetti was alone on a left seam that was walking right down the faceoff circle into the slot, and Shifley found him, dished him a perfect pass, and Perfetti absolutely ripped one off the posts and in. Uh, I think he's got like 17 points now in 20 games. Let me tell you, man, Cole Perfetti, 
I have always felt was a superstar in the making, but even I didn't expect him to start lighting it up this quickly. This has kind of been a real breakout season from him, which is crazy because he's really not being used as much as guys on the top line. We'll talk about some stuff that I'd like to see the coaching staff maybe work on a bit with deployments uh, later on this episode. But overall, you know, I think the big summation from this game is, look, you know, once in a while, the Jets are going to have a stinker. And I wouldn't necessarily call this one a stinker in the usual sense. It's not like the Jets were completely trodden over and just uncompetitive. That's not really what happened. Unfortunately, Brassois kind of dug them a hole early, and a couple of mistakes later, they struggled to kind of dig themselves out of it. They got really close, which I think is super impressive that they were almost able to come back, but it just it, it just wasn't quite there. Um, what I will say is that there were some, you know, 5v5 issues. Uh, this was one of the rare games where some of the lines that we usually asso associate with being dominant kind of struggled a bit, right? You know, the second line was good, not outstanding. The third line kind of lost its matchups. Uh, Lowry didn't look like he was quite with it. Um, Appleton wasn't getting into the spaces that we know he's been liking as of late. Nino wasn't as much of a factor. And you just felt like that kind of tipped the balance in Nashville's favor enough to core or kind of like give the Preds an advantage, right? Like Nashville scored some greasy goals off of some misplayed stuff and some slip ups from both the Jets defense and from Brassois. So all I can say is, yeah, a, a tough loss. But like I said, in the grand scheme of things, it was like, you know, a, a six game winning streak on the line, a six game winning streak that really doesn't happen all that often in the NHL, right? You're only talking about like the most elite teams in the league that go on these sorts of streaks, like the Boston's and, and the Vegas Knights uh, at times, those quality of teams. And yet the Jets are kind of lockstep with them, right? You know, Winnipeg has continued to be um, very good in a couple of key categories, enough to where their deficiencies haven't necessarily held them back as much as you might think. Um, the power play has been better at times. The PK is still kind of not great, if we're being honest. Uh, but the goaltending has definitely, other than Bersois, kind of rounded into form. The only thing left really is figuring out the top line. And honestly, there is some good news that I think it, you know should actually resolve the top line stuff. And we'll get into that later on. Um, but overall, right, like this game, I don't really care about. It used to be that when the Jets would lose games, we'd sit there and go, ugh, you know, we'd be moaning the, the same continual problems and the frustrations. Nowadays, when the Jets lose, you just kind of like, you kind of shrug and you say, all right, not, well, that's just the start of a new five-game winning streak, right, coming up right. I, I feel like we all sort of expect the Jets to just be good this year. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people have bought in on it yet. I know, uh, Gilbert, if you're uh, listening, I know you feel like I haven't always bought in. I promise you, I do think the Jets are very good. Um, and really, when I criticize this team, it's, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily small issues, but it's more like you're you're going from being, you know, talking about the Jets as like a playoff team to being like a cup contender. That's the quality of change that I think the Jets are capable of. And some of the stuff that I've talked about in the past is going to be resolved internally. Um, if the Jets really want to get crazy, though, I feel like this would be a super fun year to take a big swing on a Buchnevich or like a really quality player, somebody who can take you from being uh, good and deep to like being crazy deep, right? Something that just makes you so overkill, kind of like the Stastny trade a few years ago. When Stastny came in, it was such a game changer for the Jets. And I think the win, you know, I think Winnipeg has like 
the cap space to make something happen. So we'll see how it goes, right? The trade deadline is still a ways away. The Jets are less, you know, just about 20 games into the season. So we have a long way to go. But so far, so good for a lot of signs. Now, like I said, there were a couple of things that I think I might be interested in the coaching staff taking a look at. We'll talk about how the Jets might be able to optimize some usage and roles in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Collective. If you run a solo small business, you're an army of one, but you still need a CPA, bookkeeper, and a separate payroll solution, among so many other things. Let Collective take care of the paperwork while you take care of business. Collective is the number one financial solution for entrepreneurs, contractors, freelancers, and self-employed folks that lets you focus on your passion, not the paperwork. They know that they know that if your business of one makes over $80,000 a year, you'll find the most value from their services. Join the thousands of solopreneurs who have saved an average of $10,000 a year on taxes with their structure. Right now, Collective is offering one month free and no onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That's a $550 value for free when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That's collective.com slash locked on NHL. And again, tell them locked on NHL sent you. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you for joining us in tonight's episode as we talk a little bit about maybe some uh, slight tweaks the Jets could potentially make to usages of some players. Not that it's bad. I, I just think Winnipeg maybe could change one or two things to get a little bit more mileage out of some of their best players. Before we talk about that, though, just wanted to let you know about a really cool thing the Locked On Network is doing. They have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And if you know what that means, it's a pretty big freaking deal. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts from Locked On, plus all of the national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, circling back to the Jets, obviously Winnipeg, uh, for the most part recently, has been pretty good, right? You don't have a lot of, of things to really nitpick. And when I say nitpick, I kind of do mean nitpick. It's it's hard to really find a lot that I would say is wrong with this team. There's a couple of issues that I think are perhaps worth taking a look at, though. Um, and, and Garrett Hole, who does a lot of really good microstats analysis and is worth a follow on X, he kind of uh, found some ice times recently um, from this season talking about the Jets forwards and how they're being used, right? And some interesting trends have kind of emerged. Uh, one thing that I think is is perhaps not ideal is that Ehlers and Perfetti uh, are still kind of getting around 14 to 15 minutes a game, all situations. And I know people will say, well, you know, they're rested and they're ready for their next shifts. Ehlers always takes short shifts, yada, yada, yada. I, 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 I get that to an extent. I think the problem for Winnipeg um, is that you know, when you're putting out Shifley, Connor, and Ayafalo uh, more than most other players, and also Appleton playing um, upwards of like 17 to 18 minutes a night, these guys are all very good at what they do. I just feel like when you have Perfetti and Ehlers and um, 
at times like Velarde playing a, a little bit less. Uh, Velarde was getting around 17 minutes when he uh, first joined. Obviously, now that he'll be back, I expect him to probably play a more prominent role, and I would imagine it won't take him long to get those ice uh, those those minutes and ice time up. But you know, I just feel like Perfetti and Ehlers are are two of Winnipeg's most skilled attackers, and they still don't get enough usage. Perfetti. I've kind of seen him being used a little bit more recently late in games, which is a great adjustment. I think that's necessary. Um, and and Shifley and Ehlers have actually seen some dips in ice time over the past couple of games. It's been climbing back up recently. Um, but overall, right, I, I just feel like Winnipeg could make more of of using like the, the, the middle six a little more effectively. Uh, I think... A couple of guys could probably do with a bit less time. Like Appleton plays a lot, partly because, you know, I imagine he's, um, you know, a big P PK guy. And sometimes he also gets thrown out for the extra attacker on like five or five on six situations, which I don't know about so much. I'm not sure if that's how I would do it. Uh, but I feel like if you want to really up the scoring, there's three guys that really need to see more time. It's Niederreiter, Perfetti, and Ehlers. I don't know how you make that happen necessarily, other than just playing the third line, um, or not playing the third line, sorry, playing the second line more, because Nemesnikov also doesn't get that much ice time. Nemesnikov, I don't really um, feel as strongly about playing tons of elevated minutes, but just as long as Ehlers and Perfetti are getting more shifts, I feel like that would be the most sensible thing. Uh the top line this year has kind of struggled without Velarde, if we're being honest, right? They can still score. They still have the skill to um, compensate somewhat for their deficiencies. But like Ayafalo, Appleton, anyone who's not really been Velarde on the first line has done an okay enough job, but it's not been, you know, great, right? Like the Jets don't have a top line that can go against somebody else's elite top line. It's, it's capable of winning some matchups, but not enough. And that's where, like, Velarde coming back is going to be a huge boost, which apparently uh, Tananato is demoted. So that seems to indicate Velarde should be coming back perhaps as soon as tomorrow, which is great news. The Jets are going to be facing a tough Dallas Stars team, and Winnipeg really could use the extra firepower, um, especially now that the team is starting to roll and really figure things out. It would be great if Velarde can kind of stay healthy and get into the flow of things. But in terms of, you know some other stuff i'd actually like the fourth line to play a little bit more uh look the, the fourth line hasn't been like outstanding but on the shifts that they've played recently i feel like they've been relatively noticeable on the four check i feel like they've been doing a decent enough job of creating space and sometimes they even offer some nice defensive support um i know that they're often used as like a checking line to provide fresh legs and let your top six eat but i feel like they could actually do with eating a few more minutes uh, I think the third line maybe could play a shade less, um, maybe give Lowry a little bit more um, support on the back end and, you know, give uh, Gustafson and, and Barron some opportunities to really do well. Janssen Fialbi, uh, you know, he he's kind of filled in about as well as you could expect for, um, for Kupari, but obviously not, not, uh, not necessarily the kind of guy who I think is going to be sticking around with the Jets long-term. Once we kind of see how Winnipeg does this fourth line with Velarde coming back, I think we'll get a better sense of what Bones' thinking is. <clears throat> For my money, I think I follow sliding down would actually make the most sense. I don't know how far down the Jets would be willing to push him down to, but he is kind of like a bottom six uh, scorer, right? I think if you put him in that role, he'll really excel. 
He's done about as well as you could expect with uh, Shifley and Connor, but it might be time to think about uh, tweaking his ice time a bit and starting to dial that usage down. Now, overall, like I said, the Jets don't have a ton of crazy changes to make. I think this is stuff that if you make you know some adjustments here and there, you're going to see really big dividends. Like I said, this team is in a pretty good spot overall. So when I suggest improvements and stuff, it's not really anything earth shattering. It's just some stuff to perhaps push this team a little bit further and give them that extra competitive edge because they really do have a strong team and they have shown it multiple times throughout the season. Of course, you know, the Jala Stars are coming into town. It's going to be a bit of a tough test and we'll talk about what the Jets can expect from a team that well, unfortunately won the last battle, but now is going to face a more healthy and hopefully stronger Jets lineup. We'll get to that in just a little bit, but before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Cole Perfetti could score 50 goals. The Jets could even hoist the Stanley Cup, and you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. If you are the kind of person who obsessively tracks stats for a lot of players, this is your chance to win big, especially if you pay attention. Uh, obviously, there are the league's great stars like Ovechkin, Crosby, McDavid, uh, Ehlers. <laughs> I know, throwing that one in there for fun. Hellebuck. Uh, Vasilevsky, Kucherov, you name it, they're out there, and they've got tons of stats for you to perhaps make more or less projections versus what Sleeper's projecting for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. If you beat Sleeper's projections and you do so eight times in the same outing, eight corrected categories with some handpicked stats, you could win $100 or 100 times your bet on Sleeper. You heard me 100 times your bet by picking eight stats categories correctly. So start winning with Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us as we talk about, uh, you know, the, the Jets heading into another game against the Dallas Stars. First one, Winnipeg just sort of barely lost. It was a tough one, but the only difference between the Jets and the Stars really came down to special teams. Uh, you know, one power play there, uh, or actually in, in Dallas's case, it was two power plays uh, with Wyatt Johnston getting a real sneaky one to Ben. Um, really annoying goal, but uh, honestly, when you look at it and watch it again, kind of a really sick play. Uh, Dallas is just one of those teams that, you know, is, is deep and skilled and good, and they're really well balanced. I wasn't really sure that DeBoer was going to last long, but man, he's been a pretty decent hire for this team and has seemingly gotten them playing some pretty good hockey. Now, the Dallas Stars haven't been perfect recently. Uh, they did actually blow a game against the Calgary Flames, which uh, was kind of a crazy one, if we're being honest. Dallas had a huge lead, and then they blew it somehow 7-4. So I don't know what happened there. Um, and recently, they've only won one of their last four games, which 
for the Jets is good news. Maybe not so good news is that uh, Dallas was winning quite a few games before then, one of which was against the Jets. But look, the Stars are a tough opponent. And while they don't always play high-octane hockey, this is a team that has enough depth to win a lot of matchups. Uh, Wyatt Johnston and, and Jamie, Ben, and Evgeny Dodonov, guess what line that is? If you said the third line, you got it right. That is pretty crazy. Uh, you've got Robertson, Heinz, and Pavelski on the first, uh, Marchment, Duchesne, and Sagan on your second, and then the fourth line is Steele, Foxa, and Delandria. Now, the fourth line, it's pretty decent, right? Like, Foxa is pretty good. Uh, Steele and Delandria are, you know, kind of whatever. The real problem for the Jets is that Duchesne has, I really feel, solidified the middle of this group, right? Um, I think he was actually the one who had the, the, the goal on the Johnston assist. Uh, but he's such a clever player, and I know that he's got a reputation of being a bit of a prick, if we're being honest. People haven't liked him, but whatever you say about him you know, off the ice or, or anything like that. On the ice, he's phenomenally skilled, and he's fit in perfectly with the Stars team. They're super deep. He gives them a crazy mashup advantage, and so the Jets are going to have to be really careful. Uh, this is a tough game, but I will say the last time the Jets played Dallas, it was pretty much dead even at even strength. The only area where the Jets fell behind just a bit was on special teams, and that was enough to split the difference. So, I think the Jets have a real good chance to come away with a win. Um, I think after the frustrating loss in Nashville, I think the Jets are going to rebound. I think home ice is going to be very pleasant. So let's say the Jets win 4-2. to two. Uh, A bit of a bold one, but I'll, I'll go with that. I think the Jets with Velarde should get a big jump back. Hopefully Velarde gets really good ice time. I don't know if they'll start him off in like the middle six and just sort of ramp him up slowly. We'll see how it goes. But all I know is, Thank goodness he is back. But give me your score projections. What are you thinking for this game? I could see a couple of scenarios where maybe the Jets uh, have to, to squeeze out a tighter margin, maybe like a 2-1 game. Um, Dallas has definitely had a few of those recently. And um, yeah, I mean, the Stars, like I said, they're a good team. And even though they've lost uh, a few of their last games, just not a team that you can really sleep on. They're right there with the Jets in the standings. They are in second right now, but they have a game in hand. And obviously, you know, <laughs> despite the 5-4-1 record in their last 10, I'll say this, right? Dallas is one of those teams that, I, in terms of, like, playoff opponents, I don't want to see them. Uh, they they do scare me. The Jets are, are right there with them. But, you know, until the special teams kind of evens out for Winnipeg, more so on the PK than anything, it's just a, a, a tough matchup. So let's hope Winnipeg comes out on the winning end here. Like I said, I think the Jets have a very good chance of coming away with two points. Even if they get one point, that'd just be nice. I think the Jets, though, are capable of both, and let's hope they snag everything at home. Let me know again what you think for this game and your predictions. Like I said, at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's show, though, that is all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We'll see you back here tomorrow with coverage of the Stars game, and let's hope I get to report a victory. As always, though, have a great night, and go Jets go.